Shane was one of the um, not only supporters, supporters, but helped to fund uh, this event. And I'm sorry I didn't mention it earlier. And actually, I had the I actually I had the honor to be with Milton in South Africa a few months ago, and uh, it was still we were I would say in the planning stages, and uh, Milton was very gracious and supportive and helpful. So thank you. And, uh, that appreciative of your help, I'm happy to see you here. So thank you. Um, so this afternoon we're having, uh, we're in for a treat. Uh, Bassam Tibi is going to be speaking. The title of this keynote address is the Islamist and Islamist Islamization of Anti-Semitism. Bassam is a professor of international relations at the University of Göttingen in Germany, and where he's a he's a professor. Uh, sorry, international relations, and he's the director of the Center for International Affairs. He previously held more than 18 visiting professorships on four continents, and has lectured at more than 35 universities on five continents uh, in his career. He held appointments at uh, Princeton, Harvard, Yale, Georgetown, and UC Berkeley, and that's just in the United States, and if I would speak to you about the other positions he's held internationally, I would take all this time uh, from him. Uh, he was educated at the non Wolfgang Goff University of Frankfurt, and also at the University of Hamburg. Um, he's the author of more than 27 books in German, and more than uh, eight books, actually, in English. He's published more than 300 articles academic articles, uh, just in academic uh, journals. His focus uh, in his research is international relations, uh, Islamic migration to Europe, and is also an expert, as you'll soon hear, on issues of jihadism and the irregular war and religious fundamentalism within political Islam. And not only is it a great honor to, to introduce Bassam to you here this, this afternoon, but Bassam was actually our first visiting uh, professor, scholar, when Yisa was just uh, getting off the ground. And he's really, uh, I know he has many friends here, but he's really a special friend to us at Yisa and Yale, so it's really an honor that Bassam came all the way to be here with, with, with us this afternoon.
bear with me that I want to have the, the 30 minutes It's now 7 after and I will, uh, uh, I will stop short I was for 10 years a television commentator in ZDF, this is the major channel in Germany, and they say you can talk as long as you want, but when the three minutes are over, we take the camera out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I stopped by myself. <laughs> I, uh, I have four messages, and I'm going to elaborate on these messages within uh, the next uh, 30 minutes. The first message is uh, that Islamism, not Islam, Islamism is the most recent source of uh, a variety of anti-Semitism and uh, I argue that this variety of anti-Semitism is one of the worst among the Islamic ones in Germany. I live uh, in, the, in, in the world. I, I live in Germany. We have in Germany neo-Nazis. Uh, they are dangerous, but I believe that the neo-Nazis do not have the courage to do what some Islamists do in Germany. For instance, uh, six weeks ago, there was a cultural festival in the city of Hanover, and neo-Nazis didn't like it, uh, that there was an Israeli group there to feature. It's about art, not, no politics, yeah? But Islamist groups succeeded in stopping the show and uh, coercing uh, the, the, the program director, and the Israeli group was asked to leave the stage and they continue without it. They threw stones at them. It was a couple of even, even, that, I mean, even that. I, I want to be... Uh, uh, they, well, uh, and, they, they, and they threw stones on them, and there was... Uh, there was if if neo-Nazis did this, they would be in jail. And the, 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 the guys who did it are not in jail. And uh, in, my, uh, in my understanding, there's no trial ongoing. Uh, uh, so this is... Uh, you see... Uh, in Germany, I assure you, that, you know, I, I'm afraid in Germany of neo-Nazis and Islamists, but I'm more afraid of Islamists. So, and this is uh, an indication they are very dangerous, they have to be taken seriously. Uh, uh, the second message, this is the first message, Islamism is the major source of contemporary anti-Semitism. There's a term, the new anti-Semitism, but it's not specified. Uh, there are varieties of anti-Semitism with S in plural, but the Islamist one is uh, the most dangerous among them, and it has to be taken very seriously. Uh, the message, message number two, to make such a statement, uh, it's dangerous today, even in the United States, uh, in writing or in speaking. And you, uh, once you, you finish uh, saying this message or passing this message, you will be accused of Islamophobia, of hurting the faith of Muslims, of offending Muslims, of being even being racist, and most people shut up, on, or even they do not even open their mouth because they are afraid of uh, being accused this way. The, the least the least accusation is the accusation of Orientalism. Uh, well, um, uh, since since I'm I'm not only a Muslim, but I mean if, if you if you look at the history of the history of Damascus, the classical history of Damascus, 800 pages. Uh, selective history of Damascus. On page uh, 650, about page, there's a big chapter about the famous 17 families of Damascus, and one of them is my family. And uh, the uh, the chapter says the leading scholars in Islam, the highest authority in Islam is Qadi, is the judge, and Mufti, Mufti, 
as the one who issues a fitwa. A fitwa is not a death sentence, uh, as uh, uh, American newspapers or most European papers write. Uh, a fitwa is a legal, legal counseling or legal judgment, but it's not. A, uh, uh, it has an advice. Uh, a, a verdict can only be done by a qadi, but a counseling, uh, a reasoning, it's done by a mufti. And the muftis and the qadis of the masses, all, all of them, the leading ones, from the 13th to the 19th century, they were my ancestors. Yeah? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, there is, in the house of my parents in Damascus, there's a big uh, tree which uh, uh, follows up the traces of genealogical traces or the lineage of my family. And the claim is it goes back to the prophet. Many, many families do that. I'm a scholar, so I'm, uh, I do not believe in all these things. But uh, the claim is there, and it is established in textbooks. Yeah? So no one can accuse me of Islam bashing or Islamophobia. When it comes to Orientalism, I come from the Orient, but there is a term invented here in the United States, self-orientalization. So my, my contenders say Mr. TV is uh, uh, well, behind the closed door, they say he's the toy of the Jews, uh, but when they speak in public, they say I, I, I am uh, a victim of self-orientalization. Uh, well, uh, there is a need to avoid, uh, to avoid this, uh, uh, this offense or this accusation, and to do so, you have to make a distinction between Islam and Islamism. So you say we are not talking about the religion of Islam. We are talking about Islamism. And I am going to elaborate on this distinction uh, later on. This is the message too, is uh, uh, the, da the danger or the risk combined with talking freely and as a scholar in terms of truth about the subject. The third message is um, you have to make a distinction when you talk about uh, anti-Semitism in the Middle East. You have to make a distinction between uh, pan-Arab anti-Semitism or pan-Arab nationalist anti-Semitism. And this is barely done in the literature, even in the academic literature. And it is, uh, it is not only an academic distinction, it is a real distinction, and it is also consequential. So uh, there, there were two stages of uh, anti-Semitism in the Middle East. Yeah? One is by secular Arab nationalism or pan-Arab nationalism. And one is by Islamism, and I'm going to elaborate on this distinction. Uh, from my friend and colleague uh, Jeffrey Herf, uh, who wrote a wonderful book about Nazi propaganda in Yarbul, I, I, I learned, you see, as a scholar, you have always to modify and check your ideas. And I have been working on this for more than 30 years, but uh, in communication with, uh, with Jack Herf, and learning from his work, I learned there has been a conflation. I tried in my work to separate both, uh, well, for analytical reasons, but also in the reality. Because if you are secular, you cannot be Islamist. And uh, the Islamists are very, very hostile to Arab nationalism. They are, you know, there's a journal by, by, uh, by, uh, by, by, by uh, a professor with whom I worked, an Israeli professor, his, his name is uh, 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 Gillen Fresh. And we published a book uh, about Islamism, and now there's a journal, he wrote an article, The Islamization of Arab Nationalism. There's no such thing. Because Arab nationalism is secular, and Islamism is religious, and they are, they are enemies. So they, but there has been a conflation, uh, and this is uh, documented in the work of Jeffrey Herf, in the persons of Hassan al-Banna, the founder of Islamism, and the Mufti of Jerusalem. The Mufti of Jerusalem was a religious authority, but he was a nationalist. And his worldview was nationalist. He was not an Islamist, 
uh, but both work closely with another were related, and so there's a conflation. And, and this conflation is documented in uh, something that I didn't know before, and this is most shocking. It's not only anti-Semitism, there was a planned <coughs> Holocaust in Palestine. And uh, I'm coming here, well, in the past four months, or, or I'll mention it later, uh, the Holocaust Museum just published a book, Nazi Palestine, it's a very shocking book, and I assume the book will be silenced. Nobody will not be reviewed because the book brings doc documents by two German uh, by two German historians who are friends of uh, also Jeffer who worked with him uh, that there was a plan to, to do the Holocaust in Palestine. Uh, so the third message is please distinguish between pan-Arab nationalism and between Islamism. Uh, the second, the first message is Islamism uh, recent variety of anti-Semitism dangerous. Uh, first message. Second message, distinguish between Islam and Islamism. Uh, third message, distinguish between Pan-Arabism and uh, Islamism. And uh, the fourth message is that uh, please distinguish between anti-Semitism and Judeo-phobia. And I learned this distinction from a Jewish authority, she, at least for me, she's an authority. I know that uh, after her, I mean, I mean Hannah Arendt, after her book, uh, I found in Jerusalem, uh, she had problems in the Jewish community, but one of my, uh, uh, my Jewish colleagues in New York, uh, Richard Bernstein, with whom I spent last December in Korea, and, uh, and he gave me his book, uh, uh, Hannah, Hannah Arendt and the Jewish Question, and he defends her. She, she was a good Jew, she was not a bad Jew. Yeah? Uh, uh, one, one may disagree with her, but her, her, her famous work is The Origins of Totalitarianism, and in the preface, she says, quote unquote, uh, anti-Semitism is much more than Jew hatred of the poor. Uh, Judeophobia is a racism, it's an evil. Uh, but uh, racist, like, for instance, racists do not, do not like uh, Afro-Americans. Uh, they say, they don't say all Afro-Americans should be killed. They say, I don't want to be close to an Afro-American. They are racist, they are vicious. Uh, they are ugly, uh, but uh, their thinking is not murderous, not, not genocidal. So the difference between Judeophobia is evil, the evil of racism, the evil of prejudice, uh, and anti-Semitism is genocidal. Anti-Semites say Jews are evil, good, and therefore they have to be exterminated. And this is the difference between Judeophobia and anti-Semitism. This difference is important for our subject matter. Yeah? Uh, I was uh, most gratified, uh, so I, what I'm saying right now, uh, there has been Judeophobia in Islam from the beginning. And I'm ashamed, it's an evil, I'm ashamed, I repeat it, uh, it's an evil, but uh, I was so pleased when, uh, when Professor Milson, I liked your presentation yesterday, your reputation, I was frightened, uh, I mean, to see all, but I know all what you said because I know the people. Yeah? Uh, but now to see it again and to confront it, I mean, people speaking anti-Semitic language, this is, was horrifying. But Professor uh, Milson was so sound, like when he quoted of the Quran and he said, this is uh, uh, not a general statement about the Jews. It is some group of Jews uh, were compared with, and I don't want to uh, go on with that. Uh, and he, he said it two or three times at least, this is not a general statement about the Jews. The Islamists make out this a general statement. So, um, in, 
one of my teachers, you know, I founded uh, a, a, a discipline, uh, you know, in the United States you have Islamic studies. And I, uh, I study Islam as a social scientist and a political scientist and professor of international relations. And I study Islam not as only as a faith, it is my faith. Uh, you have to know the faith, you have to know the religion, the culture. But I study it as politics and Islam and politics and Islam and conflict. And I call this, you know, there was during the East-West conflict, there was a discipline called Sovietology, Soviet Union. Sovietology is the study of East-West conflict. And I think one major conflict today, it is not clash of civilization. Please, uh, I'll repeat it again, it, don't be mistaken, it's not clash of civilization, it's a conflict. Yeah? Uh, clash and conflict are different issues. Um, there is a conflict in world politics today, and Islam is at the center of this conflict. And the study of this conflict, I call it uh, Islamology. So Islamology is a study of Islam and conflict in world politics. Uh, and one of my predecessors, the one I, I have learned most from this, is uh, a French uh, Jew, and he was, uh, he was the leading uh, scholar of Islam in the past century. His name is Maxime Rodinson. Uh, and Maxime Rodinson, uh, I, I, I have the honor of having most of his books with a personal, very close and emotional dedication. Uh, and he, uh, Maxime Odenson, he, he came from a Russian Jewish family that migrated to France, but he's born French. And uh, he wrote the uh, biography of the Prophet. This is the best uh, book about early Islam. And he says the Quran is a book of chronicles, what happened there. So the relations uh, of the Prophet Muhammad to the Jews was, was a mixed bag. Yeah? In the early days, he believed because Judaism and Islam are very similar, uh, Jews will convert to Islam. And he was disappointed, so he was very friendly to them at the beginning. And then when, when, when they refused, refused to, to convert, he became angry about them. So you have, you have positive statements about the Jews in the Quran, and you have negative statements. And I will not go into this, but just to, to make uh, the, in, in, uh, in my authority of saying in early Islam there was no anti-Semitism, and my authority uh, on this is the uh, the most prominent, still alive uh, Jewish historian, uh, Princeton University, Bernard Lewis, in his book, The Jews of Islam. Uh, when President Sadat went to Israel and to reach out for peace, and he gave a historical speech in the Knesset in December 1977, and uh, half of the speech uh, was composed of quotes from the Quran. And well, he was not a student of the Quran, but the Shaykh of Al-Azhar collected the quotes for him. Yeah? And it was all, all, all positive, uh, uh, all the uh, collected quotes, they were selectively taken. They are, they are quotes with, with which are 100% different. Yeah? So uh, when it comes to the Quran, you take what you want from it. And when he was, when, when he was, when he was praised for his speech, he said, and uh, uh, Golda Meir came out, and people say, I did not see that, but said Golda Meir was a hard lady, harder than Thatcher. Thatcher, but, uh, but she, she was crying, she was whipping, she was whipping and, 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 and uh, uh, took him in his arms and said, you are, you want to make peace with us? He said, I, I, I quote the Quran and I'm acting here as a Muslim. Yeah? And they were, uh, I'm here for a man of peace. You see, so the Quran is a book of chronicles, according to Maxime Rodinson. I would recommend this book strongly for you. Um, so these are my four messages. So in the remainder of the time, I still have... Uh, uh, <laughs> We still have 11 or 12 minutes. Yeah? Uh, 
I shall elaborate on them, but uh, one acknowledgement, uh, two acknowledgements. Uh, uh, the first acknowledgement is, uh, well, I did it, but I repeated gratitude to, uh, uh, to my friend, uh, uh, Charles, Charles Small, who, who, who promoted my work on anti-Semitism in spending one year here. He also published my paper, uh, I hope you can get it, the ESA paper on uh, Islamization of anti-Semitism. Uh, some of the ideas in the speech will be included in the paper. You can get it from him or from Laureen, this is a uh, uh, wonderful lady. Without her, I think you cannot run the center. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this, and the second acknowledgement, and I'm very proud of that, I'm the first Muslim who goes to the Holocaust Museum. Uh, and I was there, I had two teenagers there as the Rustic Scholar for the study of anti-Semitism, 2008 and uh, uh, last summer, I spent the whole summer, four months, at the Holocaust Museum uh, doing research on the Islamization of anti-Semitism. So many people ask me, you are a Muslim and you grew up in Damascus and uh, already when you are a kid, when I was in Damascus, you hear radio in the school, well, you have seen the, document, the, document, the document, documentary of, of uh, Professor Wilson, well, the things that you have seen uh, in the documentary, uh, this is things happened to me as well. In Damascus, say the Jews are our enemies, and Israel is not a state, it's a gangster union, etc. And how come you think like that? Positive. I, I speak in public, uh, and that now, long, long before Camp David, uh, and that, that was highly risky and highly dangerous, I say, I acknowledge the right of the Jews uh, to have their own state, to live in their sovereignty, uh, to have sovereignty in. in uh, uh, and there must be a solution. The, the Holy Land must be shared between the Palestinians and Israel. Israel has, is there to stay. Israel has a right, legitimate right to stay. And the Israelis must find a solution that the Palestinians get their state as well. And both have to live in peace with one another. So people ask me, how, how come you think of that? And the person, there's one person who is responsible for this. And this person is a Jew. And some people say, because I studied with this Jew, he, he, he brainwashed me. But I'm, I'm, I'm most grateful to this. He's, he's a Holocaust survivor. Uh, his name is uh, uh, Max Horkheimer. I studied with Max Horkheimer. Some people don't believe it. Yes, I, I, I studied with him. I touched him. He, he, he and the other one, Ciro uh, Adorno. Both left Germany in 1933, but they, they felt as Europeans, they felt okay in New York, but they said our home is Europe. And in uh, 1950, uh, the wounds of Nazism were still open. The blood was, the, the, the earth was still soaked with Jewish blood, but they said, we want to go back home. And they, they went back home, I'm, I'm very glad they went back home, because without them, I wouldn't be what I am today. Yeah? Uh, well, they came in 1950 back to Germany, but by then I was still six years old. Uh, by the age of 18, I, I went to Germany uh, to, to study, and they were my teachers. I came to Germany in 62. And Max Horkheimer, uh, I learned from Max Horkheimer uh, many things. I, I learned from Max Horkheimer uh, uh, first to understand what the Holocaust is all about. It's, you cannot have it only by reading. And uh, uh, the, the second thing I learned from Horkheimer is enlightenment. You know, Horkheimer wrote a book, uh, Dialectik der Aufklärung. They wrote it here in America, inside, here in Adorno. Dialectic of Enlightenment. And many people say, uh, well, they haven't read the book, yeah? Like, uh, many people speak about books without reading them, yeah? Uh, like, I mean, uh, Jeffrey Hertz told me he, he was now attacked as, 
as making Israeli propaganda by Palestinian professors in LED who have never seen this book. Yeah? <laughs> and so people say, uh, Horkheimer and Adorno say, uh, uh, fascism, Nazism grew out of enlightenment. They never say that. Yeah? Uh, you have to read the book. They say there was a crisis, a so social crisis, a political crisis, and within this crisis, something emanated from it that was fascism. And so fascism, there's a link between enlightenment and fascism. But that doesn't mean, this is the nuances, this is the wonderful thing in scholarship, there's no black and white. Uh, so fascism grew up in a crisis situation that was Weimar Germany uh, from enlightenment. Uh, so there is something in enlightenment which promoted uh, fascism, but enlightenment is not fascism. And the same Islamism grew, grew out from Islam. Islam uh, uh, Islamism is not anti-Islamic. Like I, I was, I was uh, uh, a founding member of the Center for the Study of Radicalization in the United Kingdom. And at the time, it was uh, three years ago, when the Labour Party was still in power, uh, and the uh, uh, Home Security uh, Secretary was a lady, Jackie Smith, and she didn't want to offend Muslims. And she said, we talk about terrorism, like, like Mr. Brennan, who's advising uh, Obama, yeah? say, we don't talk about Islamism, we don't talk about Islam, we don't talk about jihadism, and she said, Islamism is anti-Islamic. Yeah? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, so, like, like if you say Hitler was anti-German, yeah. Uh, so, the, uh, but but Germany is uh, you, you cannot identify Germany with Nazism. I mean, you have to, to see distinctions, uh, nuances, uh, and so the uh, I learned enlightenment, encountering enlightenment with with the assistance of Horkheimer was very very important for me. Uh, and the third thing I learned from. Uh, uh, well, these two things, uh, to understand the Holocaust and Enlightenment, I learned that when I start, started studying with Horkheimer. But at that time, I remember that was the Vietnam War, and uh, we were, I was a, I was a Marxist, but today I returned to Islam. I'm a, today I'm a liberal Muslim, but at that time I was, I was a Marxist and uh, under the impact of Horkheimer, uh, and that was the Vietnam War. And we were protesting against the Vietnam War, and we were Tiermondist in French, we say Tiermondist. And Horkheimer refused to support us. He said, uh, I support you uh, against the war, but I cannot support your romanticism for the Viet Cong. Yeah? Uh, so, and I, uh, today, 40 years later, I understand what he, his message. And last year, I published an article in a left-wing journal here in the United States, Telos. Telos. Uh, and uh, the article is uh, uh, The Legacy of Marx Horkheimer and Islamism. And I show that uh, Mark, Max Horkheimer warned us by then, uh, he warned us of third worldism, of the pitfalls of third worldism. And Jeffrey Herf uh, in his presentation said many times, uh, today uh, the left wing in America and in Europe, the same, they, they legitimate anti-Semitism as the third worldism. They say this is not about uh, Jew hatred, this is about grievance. And this term was... Uh, a few weeks ago, even in the New York Times, I thought I'm not reading well, but I read it three times and I asked my wife, uh, are my eyes okay, am my brain okay? They say anti-Semitism, uh, this is not anti-Semitism, Hamas and all these people, this is, this is uh, a legit, first, frustrated, trying to get quote-unquote frustrated expressions of politically and socially legitimate grievances, end of the quote. Uh, so this is, this is third worldism. Uh, so the uh, I uh, and uh, today I'm uh, 
I'm aware of those. Now, uh, uh, the, the distinction between Islam and Islamism is very important. We Muslims, we have to deal with our past, and we liberal Muslims, and we have also to deal with the with Judaeophobia, uh, uh, which existed throughout Islamic history, even though not always, there were uh, in the you know the in, in, in Islamic Spain, uh, Maimonides, the, the, the most important personality in, in, in Jewish cultural history is Maimonides. Uh, I, 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 I do not claim that, but my Jewish friend in Israel tell me that. Uh, and I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy to hear the message, because uh, Maimonides and Averroes in Arabic in Russia, they were uh, you know, the top persons, one, one for Islamic rationalism and one for Jewish rationalism. Uh, uh, being compatible with one another, and so in, in and Bernard Lewis even speaks of a Jewish Jewish Islamic symbiosis in, in, in Islamic Spain. But still, there was a Judaism, and the Jews were ranked as the mid second class citizen. This is not acceptable today. Uh, uh, we have to deal with uh, Judaeophobia, uh, and I'm a Reform Muslim. Reform Islam means to read also the Quran critically, as Christians uh, read, read uh, the Bible critically. And that's why my major book was published last year, uh, Islam's Predicament with Modernity, and the subtitle is Religious Reform and Cultural Change. And I argue this is what we need, religious reform and cultural change. We do not say this is from God, and you take it without any further reasoning, say I do not accept that. Uh, for instance, I mean, now to go beyond the Jews, the Quran says if your wife does not comply with you, you give her a warning, first step. If, she, if the warning doesn't help, you deny her sexuality. The Quran says, fi So leave her alone in a bedroom. And if it doesn't help, the third step is I, My wife is here, and she can acknowledge I never, I never be here. <laughs> that means I am uh, not complying with the with Quranic commandment. And so therefore, well, I try to read the Quran critically and to deal to deal with the Judaeophobia. This is a theological function, and I'm not alone. There are uh, other Muslims like like uh, my friend Al Jabiri in Morocco, uh, like Sayyid uh, Ashmawi uh, in Egypt. I mean, we are a group, but not that some of us are in the diaspora because we are safer in the diaspora. But some of us are more courageous than I am, and they do that at home, yeah? in Egypt, in Morocco. In, and the, the best place for reform Islam is Indonesia. I lived in Indonesia. I was also the advisor. One, one of, of my co-religionists, who, who was like-minded, became the president of Indonesia, President Wahid, who passed, passed away uh, last December. Uh, so in Indonesia, when I, I was teaching at the Islamic University of Indonesia, I was able there to speak as I'm speaking here. But so dealing with Judaeophobia, the theological uh, question, yeah? But dealing with anti-Semitism is a political question because uh, political Islamism is a political Islam, and an issue is religionized politics. I made a verse of religion, religionized politics, and Islamists have a religious agenda, and then you have to deal with them uh, religiously. So Islam is a faith. Islam is a cult. How how do I pray? How do I organize my life? Islam is three things. Islam is a cult. It's a faith and it's a cultural system, but it is never about politics. The term politics never, never occurred in the Quran, siyasa. The term dawla, uh, the major idea of the Islamists is the Islamic State. 
the dawla never occurs in the Quran. And they say Sharia is the path of Islam. There is only one phrase in the Quran about Sharia and no second. This is in Surah Jathiyah, I am a Hafiz, I know the Quran by heart. It says, وَثُمَّ جَعَلْنَاكَ مِنْهَا شَرِيعَةٌ بِالْأَرْضِ فَاتَّبِعُوهَا We have given you a, 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 a source of conduct, so live after it. So how, I'm, I'm not supposed to lie, I'm not supposed to steal, I have to be straightforward. This is Sharia. Sharia is not state law, as the Islamists uh, argue. So Islamism is invention of tradition. Islamism is not anti-Islamic, it is not un-Islamic. It grows from Islam, it is an interpretation of Islam, it is a very arbitrary interpretation of Islam in a crisis situation. And in this crisis situation, Islam becomes an Islamism. And Islamism is not about violence. Uh, this, it, is, uh, it is more serious than that. Islamism, uh, I see the time is running. Can I have more three minutes? <laughs> but just to pass this message and maybe in the rest, uh, uh, the Islamism, if you say, what is the definition uh, of Islamism? Well, I make it like an anecdote. I was among five, five professors who, who, uh, who consulted uh, the American armed forces prior to the war of Iraq. All five of us told the American military in the Naval War College, do not go to war in Iraq that would be supportive to Islamism. Yeah? But this is the issue. The issue is that uh, one general asked me, Professor TV, I do not have time to read your book about political Islam. Uh, and I am not an intellectual, I do not read books. He was very honest. Yeah? <laughs> uh, if you are a good scholar, if you do teach you tell me in two phrases, uh, in, two, in one to two minutes, what is, how can I distinguish between a Muslim and an Islamist? And then you ask this Muslim, is Islam deen, iman? Is Islam religion, a faith? Or, or Islam is deen wadawla? Islam is a combination of state order based on religion. And if he says Islam is a political order, then he's an Islamist. Islamists want to remake the world. The first step in the agenda of Islamism is to establish the Islamic Sharia state. In Islamic faith, there is no such thing. Islam is based on five uh, pillars, al-Khan al-Khamsa. Uh, to say God, there's only one God, and Prophet is the messenger. To pray, uh, to, uh, to pay, uh, to pay uh, money for the poor, uh, zakah, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to fast in Ramadan, and if you have the money to make the hajj. There's, there's, there's no Sharia state, no politics, nothing. Uh, so uh, the Islamists, they argue, they want to have the Islamic Sharia state, uh, against the nation state, and the next step is the world order to to replace the existing Westphalian uh, order of states by an Islamic uh, world order. And now you ask me where is anti-Semitism, and I explain it to you, and I stop because I said really only three minutes. Uh, uh, the difference between uh, uh, pan-Arab anti-Semitism and Islamist anti-Semitism is this. Pan-Arab anti-Islamists, uh, uh, some of them are Christians. The first one was the name Najib Azouri. He wrote, he wrote a book in French, Le Revival de la Nation Arabe, uh, The Revival of the Arab Nation. And he, he, he rephrases French anti-Semitism, 100%. And he acknowledges the import. So anti-Semitism and import from Europe. And the Arab nationalists, they say, we, we adopted the idea of the nation from Europe. And we acknowledge the source, and they rephrase it. And the Islamists, they say, uh, we refuse anything from the West. Anything from, uh, coming from the West is uh, is uh, uh, is import, and no import. We insist on the authenticity. 
and the, uh, they, they, they go for purification, purification uh, and authenticity. So Islam is clean Islam, nothing from Europe, nothing from the Jews, nothing from the Crusaders. And so Islamist anti-Semitism is based on authenticity. But it isn't important. And the only thing they acknowledge, they quote, they quote the uh, protocols of the Elder of Zion. If you read the Carta of Hamas, you will find it there. If you read Sayyid Qutb, you will find it there. So they, they argue the Jews, uh, the Jews want to establish a Jewish world order. And they adopt this from the protocol. And so we want to establish an Islamic world order. So our enemy are not the Americans, are not the Europeans. Our enemies are the Jews. Because there are two agendas for uh, replacing the existing world order. And one is Islamic and one Jew. And therefore, there is an eternal war between Jews and Muslims. It has nothing to do with Palestine. Uh, I'm glad Professor Merson uh, brought yesterday some documentaries. One of them said, Even if they gave us Palestine back, we will not stop hating them. Uh, and why? Because uh, they want to have their world order, and we deny them the Jewish world order, uh, because this is uh, a threat to our uh, agenda of Islamic world order. And this is what Islamism is all about. It is about order. And the difference between uh, there are two schools of uh, Islamists. One, one of them, or two directions. One is the peaceful, now celebrated in Washington, unfortunately even by the Obama administration. Uh, they called the moderate Islamists. Uh, among them are the Muslim Brothers. These forego violence uh, and accept working in institutions. And these are the peaceful uh, Islamists. But they do not abandon the goal. And the, the, the jihadist Islamists, uh, are violent, but violence is not, a, is not a goal in itself. Violence is only the means. And so violence is only a side aspect of Islamism. So when you talk about Islamism and Islamic anti-Semitism, uh, do not focus uh, uh, on violence. This is a distraction. Make distinction between pan-Arabism and Islamism. Make distinction between Islam and Islamism. And look at, at Islamism as a, look at Islamism as a, as an agenda for remaking the wall, and in the understanding of the Islamists, they are in, in competition with the Jews, and that's why they hate them, and uh, they look at the Jews as an evil, and this is the difference between, and this is the last, really the last thing, the difference between Islamic traditional Judaeophobia and Islamist uh, anti-Semitism. Uh, the, the traditional Islamic Jew hatred is resentment, is racism, uh, this is an evil, uh, but it is not, is not genocidal. The Islamist anti-Semitism is genocidal because they say the, you, the Jews have to be whipped out, and and the model is the model is Nazi Germany. Uh, and uh, Hassan al-Banna, uh, who, who is very careful about making positive statements about non-non-Muslim sources, he was positive about Hitler. And Professor Herf quote them. He found the document. I uh, was. Uh, uh, amazing. He says, uh, Hitler didn't make it, but we made it. Yeah? Uh, so this is, uh, I mean, is, that, is this grievance? Is this grievance about, uh, uh, or, or uh, articulation of grievance uh, about injustice? No, it is not. And uh, uh, as a Muslim as a who humanist, I stand up to the Jews, and uh, my mother is Max Horkheimer, and I said, uh, uh, Jews are like us, Jews are equals. Uh, we are not the means, and we have to live together, and we have to fight, we have to delegitimate Islamism, and we have to find ways for living 
with one another and to re-establish a Jewish Islamic symbiosis, uh, not like in the past. In the past, it was between superior Muslims and the Dummies, but as citizens, equals, uh, Jewish citizens and Muslim citizens. And uh, I travel regularly to Israel, and I repeat my, uh, my commitment to the state of Israel and the legitimacy of the state of Israel, and uh, liberal Muslims uh, must uh, take this as a very important issue. Thank you for